I'm Christian Bush. And I'm Cindy Watts. Welcome to our podcast, 52. I turned 52 this year, believe it or not, and I am releasing 52 songs to celebrate. This podcast looks at the relationship between my 52 new songs and 52 of my most popular songs from my back catalog with plenty of stories and laughs along the way. Hi, Cindy Watts. Hi, Christian Bush. Every time you put on headphones, you somehow look like it's the first time you're putting on headphones. You know, and that can't be true. You have a degree in music business. You've put on headphones. I mean, I took half a, your life. I have. I took a, a a class on the proper way to roll up a cord. You know, oh that's gosh. what my degree is in. It, it's just general awkwardness. I think <laughs> just physical awkwardness. I even gave you the Princess Leia headphones. You did. They're they're white. They work very well. People make fun of my white headphones all the time. Why? I don't know. But you know what? It, it doesn't hurt me. It bounces off of me and goes back to you. That's really how that works. Okay. <laughs> you can make fun of my headphones all you want. I got a Grammy. So, um, <laughs> you ready for some dad jokes? Yeah. All right. Someone just called my phone, sneezed, and then hung up. I'm getting sick and tired of these cold calls. <laughs> all right, then. <laughs> There's a lot of... There's a lot of destructive hate in that smile, as a You're like, ooh, I don't want to. Oh, yeah, I'm laughing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, right, right, right. this has a little story to you, ready? All right. Uh, uh, a bear walks into a bar and says to the bartender, uh, one whiskey and uh, one Coke. Why the big pause? Asks the bartender. I, I don't know. I, I was just born with them, says the bear. You know, I just came from, from the Smoky Mountains. There are bears everywhere right now. Everywhere. It's like, that's just what I think about. I can't even laugh. It's like, there's bears <laughs> on the side of the road. There's bears in the driveway. There's bears eating litter. There's a bear got stuck in a car and died recently. Okay. I divide people from Sevierville into one of two piles. What's that? <laughs> you were either there when the bear was there uh-huh. that drank the knee high. Uh-huh. I was there. Or you weren't. Like, there are people like, I'm from Cerebral. I'm like, oh, you will. You, I lived, you know, just past the bear on the left, you know, the one that, that drank the soda pop. And they were like, I don't know what you're talking about. And I'm like, then you're not from there. No, I lived behind the, the bear that drank the knee high. You did? I did. That you lived in the road back behind that? Mm-hmm. I mean, people didn't. Ne- I mean, I have to convince people when I was a. 16 or 17 i'd been shipped off to school in connecticut that people where i'm from had shoes well and but you know we'd have a couple of illegal beers or other illegal things and i'd i'd be a little loose in my stories and i'd be like well you know where i grew up we had a bear down there in a cage that you know you could pay 10 cents you give him an orange knee high and he'll pop that shit up and drink it it's true there's a big sign that said see live bear (laughs) right on top of the store that looked like it's about to fall down Oh, the Southern's coming out. Oh, see, I told you I could do it. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. It was the bear joke. It was. It Have was. you seen a bear this season? Well, yeah, there was one in the driveway about a month ago at home in Sevierville. At home in Sevierville, there was a bear in, a dar- in the driveway. Was it a large bear or, I mean, my, uh, my, was it bigger or smaller than a German Shepherd? 
It was larger than a German Shepherd. My dad says it was a teenage bear. Was it smaller than a horse? Smaller than a horse. Okay. Larger than a German Shepherd. Came to eat out. See, my dad doesn't have a garbage disposal, right? Oh, Lord. Does he just throw it out the back? Well, he carries it to the woods behind his house and turn, oh, turns shit. out what he's really doing is feeding the bear. Oh, my God. So when the bear comes I'm... by, he's coming by to eat last week's hot dog buns. You know what? You should make him wear just no shoes forever. As, and it'll be the same thing to everyone not from East Tennessee. <laughs> like, oh, and bears hang out and you don't have shoes. And like, it's every stereotype. Yeah. I mean. And we all know Dolly. We, we all, my, my dad rode the school bus with her. Yeah. Okay. See. Yeah. True. Maples branch. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. true story. Oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. It's, it's super severe. Uh-huh. God bless us all. <laughs> What's on our docket today? Oh, oh, okay. The songs today are waking up lazy from 52. And still the same from Sugarland's Bigger. Very good. I have a very curious reality about these two songs. I'm the one who paired these together, and I will tell you now why. I wrote them three days apart oh, wow. from each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How about that? So what were you feeling at the time? Well, uh, what I was feeling and... Uh, was different during each song, obviously. Um, but the, I was definitely in a place where, um, I, I just, I just think people might think that's very interesting. Like the same human wrote both these songs within three days of each other. And not only do they not sound alike or do they, but, um, that's what I do <laughs> is I write these things on Sunday and the other thing on Wednesday <laughs> morning. But, um, I, so, so I brought the beginnings of each song. So maybe you can hear something that might be related. Yeah. Cause sometimes that's, that helps. So I, I, I brought the, the, the earliest moment that either of those songs made it into my phone or my computer. But, um, Waking Up Lazy is a uh, legitimate, like, Christian writes a sexy summer song for somebody he wishes he was waking up with, you know? And Still the Same is also legitimately a a love song, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a, a, a look at what Jennifer and I were feeling on Wednesday because we hadn't spoken in 15 years. So by uh, when I was writing Waking Up Lazy, I did not know that I was going to be seeing her on Wednesday. That's how fast that happened. Holy cow. I didn't know that. And uh, I was like, sure. Let's do it. I got on an airplane. So um, let's start with the let's start with Waking Up Lazy. So I wrote this song with uh, Taylor Davis and with Mickey Jack Cones, who is a producer, but also a writer. I think... Uh, People don't really consider him as much as a writer as I might. But um, I also don't know him as a producer. Like he's never produced anything for me. But um, he worked a lot over at Benny Brown's um, 
record label, BBR, which became BMG. And he was one of their kind of staff producers. Um, let us see. What are some of the things that he produces that everyone knows? Well, it's probably a lot. Mickey Jack did a bunch of the Joe Nichols stuff and um, Trace Atkins and maybe early Runaway June. Mm-hmm. He did a bunch of that. And um, he was just generally like a perfectionist type of uh, sort of hyper producer. He produces, uh, he's a lot like mutt laying in the way that he he, t- he has he can play everything and do everything but he's letting you do your part <laughs> and then he goes in and makes it better so i actually sent him a lot of the work tape for waking up lazy and said would you be interested in producing like add whatever you want mm-hmm. like free rights production he's like really i was like yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna release this and i was either gonna release it myself with just the demo i had and i was gonna brush it up but why don't you do it? And he was like, Oh, I'd love to. So he turned it into like an extremely interesting version, which is what ended up on the record. But, um, here, let's listen to the record version first. Okay. Yeah, we 
I think it's a, a really good example of, of something you do better than anybody, which is take a topic that people sing a, a whole lot about <laughs> and write about it in a way that no one's ever done before. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. But true, you know, it's like, how are we going to write another song about sex without saying sex? <laughs> Waking up lazy. Yeah. I do like that idea, though. That's like one of my favorite parts of a relationship is uh, kind of waking up comfortable. Yeah, it's a it's a whole different level of 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 being and of coupling. Whoever you're with, like waking up comfortable, and uh, but I, I my favorite line is the first line. I called you in sick already. Just go ahead and lay back down. Yeah. It's like, wait, what? Like most people get pretty mad about that, right? I don't, I, I don't know if they would or not. But but there's something about the confidence of doing that for somebody you love. Like, hey, baby, look, you need some more time. And a lot of times, I, I'm not I'm not the very good at raising my hand and saying I'm tired. Yeah, I, I am the person that will go until he hits glass. Yeah, you too. know, and um. So there's something a uh, fantasy driven about this for me too, where I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to create the world that I want to have happen to me. Um, it is fascinating. Also, uh, well here now that you, now that you're talking about the topic of it, but, uh, here's what it sounded like when, right when we wrote it. Okay. Right. Yeah. And he gets it like I called you in sick already. Come on, lay back down. I like the idea that we were writing a song with just three chords in it. That's the first one. That's the second one. To keep it spinning. And that's the third one. And we just that's it. That was the rule. Just lay right here. Do more than sleep and pretend it's the weekend so we can be wigging up lazy. Do nothing, baby. But spend a little more time on you. You can see how different it is from what Mickey Jack does. Yeah. So now you understand what Mickey does. I literally sent him the, like a prettier version of this. Fun, right? Yeah. So when things start, they're a lot different than how they end up. And, uh, that's a great example of it. You know, although you can, you can still hear the bones of it. Absolutely. Absolutely. It is, it is, it's interesting. Like Mickey Jack. Yeah. He does a thing. And, and a lot of times it, it is so not me what he does. Like, like the demo is probably closer to what my instincts would be for making my music. Right. Um, but one of the things that I've learned about Nashville that is really important is that you need to embrace the way other people hear you. You, you, uh, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, they may get it wrong, 
but that doesn't mean you should never let them try, right? Because you're going to learn something. You're going to learn something every single time because um, thinking, I know it's, it, it, it sounds somewhat still naive, but it's just not. I, there's no way I'm the best at anything. You know, I'm, I'm maybe the best at being me and that's it. Like there are other producers. How, how do you hear it? He was also a writer on that song, you know, right. which is one of the reasons I asked him was not because I needed him to interpret my vision. I wanted to also understand what his was. So you get that back, you get his version back and you hear it. And what do you think? My first instinct was this is never going to work. That's so interesting. Yeah. Uh, but it was my instinct was like, this is never going to work. And then I thought, I, that's not my place to judge, right? Because I asked him to do this. And, um, and he asked me all along the way, what do you think? What do you think? And I'm very supportive during the creative process. Like, do, do what you think is right. Like, you're not going to hurt my feelings. I already have a version. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not like right. the world's over. Uh, it, I, and, and when you start looking at it that way, you start to really embrace like, okay, okay, wow, that is a much cheesier version of my song than the one I did. Oh my goodness. Or, you know, like, or that is a much more country 70s song of my, you know, I would have never done that. And, and, and even he was like, I, he was like, I, I said, I think you've gone too far. And he's like, what do you mean? I'm like. You know, when I say the Van Morrison line, the, I got a little van on vinyl and you played Brown Eyed Girl. Can you at least play like, you know, Tupelo Honey or something? Can you reference a cooler song than the most obvious? And he's like, I don't know, man. Okay, cool. I'll take it out. It's like, no, no, actually, why don't you leave it in there? And I'm just going to credit you with guitar playing on this one. And he's like, oh, that's funny. But which means because he, you didn't want somebody else to think that that I would have made that choice. Obvious choice. Yeah. And and that and when oh you start God. thinking about that, that's right? Such a, that's such an artist thing it's to do. It's such an artist thing to do. But I, I again, I embrace myself as a human that's me. I make mistakes. I do stupid funny things. And I get my ego involved when it shouldn't be and I sometimes don't use it when I should, you know? But what was great is that I learned from listening enough to Mickey Jack's version that when I decided which one to put on the album, I was like, let's put that one on. Yeah. And when I did, it might've been against some of my instincts about me as a producer or about the way I hear me. But I think that's one of the things that's important is that it's not about me. I'm a part of a larger organism. Each song is a larger organism than just me. You know, and the way he interpreted that that song, and and that's even my regular vocal. He just went in and sang on top of it, right? That song is people's legitimate favorite song on this record. Yeah. Like, well, like it, they would consider it a country music single, for sure, absolutely. And I think it fits with the theme. Of the record. It's just a brighter sounding version than your original version. And given that this is a summer album, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. It. Were it you works. surprised that I, I called it cheesy? You yes, laughed really hard. I did. It's okay. I did. I did. I did laugh really hard. Um, 
it's just uh it's okay we all have different production styles like some mine can sometimes be way too conservative or way like i think i'm jonelle monet but i'm not you know like i i overreach all the time i don't not make mistakes i just do them out loud on records (laughs) (laughs) but i don't know i the the whole brown eyed girl that amuses me the most right because it's it's such a it's such an obvious choice, right? But what you do is you put it in a song that has the probably least obvious thing ever going on where I'm front phrasing all these words. So nothing is better than breakfast for dinner and loving you all night long. When you try to do the scansion on that and figure out you got to start on the e anda of the third beat of the previous bar to get that to work, everything in your body says no. Yeah. But we pulled it the F off. You did? And that definitely counters any bad choices with Brown Eye Girl. Like, at the end of the day, that's cooler than that that other thing was cheesy. Right? Yes. And and so I, I use that as my personal val- validation for, like, who am I to say that one thing is or isn't country? It, it doesn't matter. But what's pleasing is what's interesting. Yeah. Well, I also think that most likely the bulk of people who listen to this song are never, ever, ever going to be like, I can't believe he made such an obvious choice. They're going to be like, oh, that sounded kind of familiar. Oh, yeah. And that that's going to be it. I know. I know. You and Mickey Jack are still right. It's okay though. It's that it's just that it it bothered me a little. I know it did. But that's okay. It's it's okay for that. That's why I'm learning in my fifty-two. It's okay to be bothered. Now I'm fifty-two. So uh, um, if not a day later, if not, I was like two and a half days later. But I got the call probably that day because we wrote that song at a lake, and I had come back and um, said, "How about you come to New York and let's write a couple songs and see what we get." And uh, I was like, all right, let's do that. And not knowing kind of how this would go and not really having a lot of expectation other than the phone call had already come in from Scott Borchetta Mm -hmm. uh, to Jennifer because she was on his label at the time. Mm -hmm. Said, how about you put the band back together and would you like to sing this Taylor Swift song? And they called me and I was like, no, I don't want to sing that song because we Sugarland writes their own song. So no. And he was like, but I think it might be really good. Why don't you listen to it? And then call me back. And I was like, I'm sure it's good, but that's not a reason to reboot the band. You reboot the band because we're writing stuff. Right. And um, I was the holdout. You know, Jennifer's like, cool. You know, Um so we put together a writing day very quickly, um, you know, days later, and we wrote two songs on that day. And uh, we wrote Still the Same and On a Roll. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> it was so interesting. I, I'll, I'll play you the writing tape, but I will never forget this experience because it was just so unique. It was just 
not like something that my brain could ever cook up is, um, I had been writing so often. I'd been kind of in the Christian needs to learn how to be a Nashville songwriter a couple of years there. And, um, did not expect this to be one of the outcomes of a phone call. You know, I just didn't expect the band to be back together in any way. And flew to New York and that night kind of pulled up, open my laptop once I got there and I was like, what am I going to do? I got to come in just like I do in Nashville. I got to come in with something. Yeah. With an idea. With an idea and, um, decided against it. Decided against going in with an idea. That's right. So, um, I rolled in with, um, uh, just a, a couple of ideas that were musical that had no lyric or anything. And I was like, what do we do? We were like, hi, how are you? I have kids now. I have kids, you know, like, Oh my God, your kids are huge. I have a, I have a new child. You know, like we kind of went through that process and then the, you know, she opened up her notebook and we sat there and it was just suddenly we were in a time warp. We were right back to the last time. Like I know her handwriting. Like I know my mother's. Right. You know, it's that kind of life. And, and, and we had been in such weird trenches together. Right. You know, whether it was uh, tragedy or lawsuits or old bandmates or there's all sorts of weird stuff that we'd both looked across at each other like, is this really happening? A lot of life. A lot of life. And a lot of um, percentages of every time she picked up that pen and I started saying something or I hit record good things happened. Right. And sometimes, uh, you forget what that is until you are physically engaging in it again. And when it started to work like that so quickly, suddenly I, she's like, what do we write about? And I was like, that right there, that right there is what we write about. What is it like right this second? Mm-hmm. sitting on this floor, having not seen each other in years or didn't talk to each other. What is this like? Use our experience that we're having. Just tell, simply tell the truth. And she's like, okay. And I just started playing music. And I, here's, I have our writing tape from that. Oh, can't wait. Yep. You're going to hear this little room. Do you like hearing the bones of these things when they... I, I do because I think... Because I think you can hear the connective tissue too. You know, kind of like what ties it all together. Because 
hearing it that way, I mean, it's such a Christian Sugarland melody. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, it is. So the story goes really quickly from there. I guess mm-hmm. um, Jennifer was on a, uh, like judging a, a contest on television. I, she does that a lot now, I guess. And uh, it was in Canada and it was with Scott. Right. Yeah. So she plays him the song that we had written still the same. I'm not even sure if she played him on a roll or not, but she, maybe she did. And, uh, we were supposed to write again, like that following Sunday or Monday, I was going to go back up there again and, and, and finish the songs. And she said, can we just change our writing appointment into a tracking session? And I was like, what? <laughs> She's like, yeah. And I was like, well, uh, yeah, I, I, I guess, you know, we're going to need a band, you know, and, and on no notice, right. but I, I think I could pull this off. Sure. And she's like, oh yeah, I need you to meet this guy, Julian. I want him to produce. I was like, Hey, no, 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 no. We're not playing that game. Uh, I do it with people or n- with no one. Mm-hmm with you, with her. And, right. and, uh, so we welcomed kind of Julian into the game and I was in LA for a, I was singing with, um, a writer's night with Rita Wilson and, uh, Billy Steinberg and a couple of other folks and had to put a session together in Brooklyn in days. Wow. And we, we pulled it off. Um, but it was that quick. It was, Okay, we got one. We got two. Let's go track them. Wow. So uh, I had enough time. That I took the little vocal from her sitting on the floor there, mm-hmm. and I took it back to Atlanta, and I made this. Where do we start? How about right here where we are? You've been carried wow. this way to run. You can still hear her in the room, right? Down. Yeah. Life goes fast. It's been a while, I have to ask, where have you been? How did that feel? Where are we now? Because that's what's real, yeah. All the space and the time between us, man. You should have seen us. It ain't no mystery. I think I actually did most of this in the hotel that night. Really? And you can start to see it come to life. Yeah. And I, I hadn't really worked with Scott Borchetta before this moment. And I wanted to make sure he knew I knew what I was doing. Like, right. Like, like I'm, I'm, I'm a worthy investment, you know? <laughs> like, but I also already had another record deal. You know, like, this was about mm-hmm. to get super complicated. <laughs> right. I did. I made a stadium anthem in the in hotel, hotel room. room. Yeah. Well, the bathroom sounds cool if you sing it in it the right way. <laughs> you put the microphone in the right place. It'll make it sound like an arena. Um, yeah. So that happened in a, in a number of days. And then we went to New York and kind of very secretly tracked these two songs. And I remember after we did that song that night, because we had an appointment to finish up that song and maybe write another one the next morning. And that's when I did On a Roll overnight. I sent it to her and I was like, Check this out while you're on the subway. Write lyrics. Because I think this groove is infectious. 
Mm-hmm. And um, and of the two songs, I really thought they were going to pick on a roll. Like I, it, it, in my heart of hearts, I was like, oh, this is definitely going to be what I would pick if I was a record company president. I'd pick this song because they're just going to go to the radio. Right. Um, but I think they liked Still the Same because it told the story of... 200%. What we're doing. So yeah. always telling the story. All right. Let's listen to it. And then I want to hear what your memory is of Holy Crap Sugarlands Bag. Okay. Okay. Here we go. This is uh still the same. And interestingly enough, now everybody knows it wasn't recorded with everything else. This is still the same from a place in Brooklyn. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Where do we start? How about right here where we are? You've been getting this way to run. Walk in the door and lay it down. Life goes fast. It's been a while I have to ask. Where have you been? How did that feel? Where are we now? Cause that's what's real, yeah. All the space and the time between us, man. You should have seen us. This ain't no mystery. Our future is our history. I feel it. But I bet it's gonna shine brighter than all we left behind In the room, in the blinking, now it's like we never win a day without it Pick it back up where we left off, this is lift off
It's, it was huge. It's huge. <laughs> we even put strings on that. That's yeah. Brandon did a string arrangement for the back of that song. Man, because she sang. It's massive. Yeah. But from a very small spell, like, that was always the way it was in, in our world, is we made these things in the room, literally us or us and another person, and then they become these very, like, tall buildings. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, we, we built them as a room, and there are giant buildings now around them. But what, I mean... What do you remember back from that time? Because this was a week in my life. Well, I have I have a couple of like really clear memories, which were, oh, crap. Not even crap. Like, well, shit. How did I not know that? Followed by, I'm going to get in so much trouble that I didn't know that was about to happen. Because you all came out on stage at the CMA Awards, right? Yeah. Like, that's what happened. And I didn't know that that was going to happen and i just knew i was going to get screamed at because i didn't because i know ahead of time because i didn't know ahead of time that said a couple months later we got i wrote a story and it ended up on the front page of usa today announcing the album and the comeback so you know we made up for it no no of course well i mean we were we were uh shuffled underneath the arena, you know, people making sure not to be seen together and all the stuff, all the stuff. And then went and played a show that night. Yeah. I didn't know that was happening either. Yeah. Nobody, nobody told me anything. Like literally we walked across the street and, uh, picked up a guitar and she and I went out and played two or three songs Yeah, to a room full of people going, what? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so it was interesting that those things were going on in the same week. Right. for me. And and that's what I I think is um I don't know, it's one of the things that I want to make sure that I say to myself cuz sometimes I forget. But also help, you know, people who listen to all of this music understand a little bit more of where it fits in the life of the people making it. You know? And <laughs> how how uh I don't know. It, 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 in both cases, they're great songs. Yeah. And they do exactly what they were built to do. They, they you know, they, you, 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 if you think of a song as a tool, right? Um, waking Up Lazy is a tool that is supposed to keep you in bed today. You put it on and you can be as lazy as you want with the person you love. And you put on still the same and you are able to do a emotional visual montage (laughs) of your own life with one of your friends and say, we still love each other. Yeah. No matter what we've been through. Yeah. And that song works great for that. (laughs) It does. It, it, it does. I think it's, I think too, it's, it's interesting, uh, you know, how, sometimes the most important songs surprise you like you didn't have a plan for that it hit you after you got in the room yeah you know there's a little bit of of experience knowing that even if jennifer and i neither of us are bringing big stuff in the room big stuff's gonna happen 
Yeah. And, but that's trust and that's trust in your person. Yeah. You know, and, and it's, I've written now with enough people to know, um, how rare that is. Right. Um, so I'm glad that at least I had enough, you know, acumen to stay quiet and then to also hit record. You know what I mean? Yeah. (laughs) To, to not over expect or, or, or self judge or things like that. And I think that's, that's a lesson for everybody, you know, like show up and then that's it. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, like you, you must be present to win. Yeah. I think. And if, if possible, keep the thing beside the door where people mostly put their like umbrella and their stuff and just leave your personal baggage wherever that is in the corner and then walk to the middle of the room, you know, cause sometimes you can, you know, I think that's a part of the, the dream of, of, of being able to honor your creative space. You know, don't screw it up with all the crap carrying around. Um, you can do that alone. You can do there's, that alone. There's plenty of those. <laughs> well, anyway, that was kind of a fun one. That was a How good about one. one week in the life of me? <laughs> I don't know. For some reason, I'm a little weepy now about leaving your crap in the umbrella holder in the corner and uh, walking to the center of the room. Like how much, how all of us can benefit from that. Yeah. Right? Well, I just thought that we might, you know, start podcasts and bring our own crap into the room while we listen to my songs. There you have it. <laughs> I love it. Well, I love you very much. And um, here's to uh, very few bears. Very few bears, or at least from a safe distance. <laughs> uh, you're unbearable. Oh, <laughs> Till next time. Till next time. Hey everybody, Christian Bush here. Cindy Watts. And we would like to thank you for joining us for another episode of 52. If you'd like to write us with questions or comments, you can contact us at 52thepodcast at gmail.com. That is the number 52. Or by leaving us a voicemail at 803-900-5252. Also, remember, the best way to help us is to give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Please and thank you. You can follow me at Christian Bush on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and you can follow Cindy at Cindy Watts on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook as well. Thank you for listening, and please join us next week.